0: at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy the
1: episode. The Psalm chapter number 55, and we're gonna be there this evening, and we're gonna ask the Lord to bless our time in his word, and then we're gonna get to prayer here in just a little bit, continuing in our series, Talk Less, Pray More, and uh, let's learn a little bit more about uh, praying and seeking the Lord on tonight from the book of Psalm chapter number 55. Why don't we uh, Why don't we do this? Let's ask the Lord to bless our time together, and uh, we have two uh, two preachers here tonight, and so we could just do tag team. How about that? No, uh, brother Bunner, why don't you Would you Would you ask God's blessing on our time together tonight? Thanks for being here. You're visiting grandbaby, right? Amen. 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 I have friend Chris Sanderlin here, and he's a missionary. And really, Chris, maybe at the prayer time, you would give just some, something for us to pray about for you and your family here after a bit. Psalm 55. I want to read the psalm, and then we're going to break it apart tonight. And uh, there's a very classic verse in this psalm that's very encouraging. You'll uh, hear it as we get along. But let's read verse number one. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. Now think about that. David was a man of war. Such a man of war that God says, you're not going to build the temple. Your son is. And he just said that fearfulness and trembling. You ever, you ever get to that spot? Fearfulness and trembling. And this is a pretty, pretty open statement from him to his God. Verse 6, And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, For then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the desert or in the wilderness Selah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. I would get out of here fast. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go about it. Upon the walls thereof mischief also and sorrow are in the midst of it. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from her streets. Speaking back in Jerusalem where all this was going uh, happening. Verse 12, for it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man mine equal, my guide, and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked up into the house of God in company. Let death seize upon them, and let them go down quick into hell, for wickedness is in their dwelling and among them. As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of old Selah. Because they have no changes, therefore they they fear not God. He hath put forth his hand against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. The Lord, the words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet, they, yet were they drawn swords. Now let's read verse 22 together out loud. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved, but thou, O God, shall bring them down. And he's again referring to those that had troubled him and betrayed him. Bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. Let's read that last phrase together. But I will trust in thee. I will trust in thee tonight. I would like us just to stop and consider this matter of finding relief in prayer, finding relief in prayer. Now, uh, if you are familiar with this passage of Scripture, you realize that this is when David was dealing with the betrayal of his son Absalom. Absalom had uh, sat in the, at the city gate at the, 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 uh, the, the entrance to the palace, and he had uh, wooed the people to him. If I were king, if I were king, this would all be uh, settled. Your, your issue would be a non-issue if I were king. Doesn't it sound like people today? Doesn't it sound like politicians and so forth? If I were in that office, it would all be, all be settled. Well, he was a classic, suave politician, and he did it not against a, another political uh, um, person. He did it against his own dad. And that's pretty amazing. And, and it wasn't just his conspiracy, but it was beyond that. It was Uh, David's personal friend and an acquaintance that he references that was swayed by Absalom and went along with Absalom and was helping Absalom's cause. And so it wasn't just a family betrayal, but it was also the betrayal of friends, in fact friends that he had worshipped with, that he had that he had spent time together up in the house of God, worshiping uh, God together, and what, what deep betrayal David was experiencing when he wrote down this psalm. And so he writes this out as a, as a complaint, as a pouring out of the heart to God. He was under quite a burden. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He was under a burden, and maybe you've experienced the burden of betrayal, the burden of just sensing, boy, I, I've been wrong. Boy, this is, a, this is a difficult thing. He was under that burden, and yet it was here that David turned to God for relief. And I find this to be a, a conviction because we find ourselves inside of these circumstances from time to time and uh, throughout our lives, and we have to decidedly, we have to, in a determined way, act as david did and turn to god for relief relief through prayer and so what is it that we can learn from this moment this snapshot this very difficult time in david's life as he is suffering the betrayal as he's feeling the weight of it and it was an ongoing situation it wasn't something that got over in five minutes just after he prayed it was an ongoing situation what can we learn from david and this i want us to learn first of all that relief is accessible Relief is accessible. And though it doesn't always seem like it is, relief is accessible. Sometimes the burdens of life really crush us. And we feel like there's no way out. There's there's no way to escape it. David even references that, doesn't he? He says, If I could take the wings, I I would get out of town. I would get out of town fast. And I would stay out there. And then he says, Selah. Like, I want to just stop and think about a place on a desert island away from people. That's the idea. I mean, I, wanna, I just want to get away. Relief is accessible even when we don't. doesn't feel like it. Relief is accessible. How is it possible? Notice here in verses number uh, 1 through 16, David takes this burden that he has and he processes it out towards God in prayer. He processes it out loud in prayer. Now, I want us to consider this, uh, and we all process problems a little bit different. Some of us clam up. Some of us blow up right? Some of us, you know, just, you know, unload, right? Uh, we process things differently. More than likely, it's, 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 we either clam up or we just, we, we need to find a way to process it out loud. And here David is processing it out before the Lord. Processing a problem is an important thing. We don't do ourselves well when we bottle it up. We don't do it ourselves any, any good by stuffing it. And uh, many times when we stuff it, it's going to come out at some point. It's like you know shaking up a, a, a can of soda, and uh, and then it then it explodes. It comes out, and we stuff it, and that, and that happens. So here, David processes it before the Lord. Now, guys, it's said, and this is this is this is not a a, a total statement. There's exceptions to this, but many of us uh, take a little bit of time to process. Um, ladies' minds run very, uh, much quicker than our minds, and, uh, and, and that's just how God created them. But it does take us time to process things. And guys, the importance of processing it out, as David shows here, before the Lord is important. Now, sometimes I think we get to the point, and I know I find myself in this, in this, in this category where you just don't want to take the time to process it all out. Don't want to take the time to talk it all out. But David here processes it, and in verses 1 through 16, we see how he does that. Notice in verse number 3, he says, he voices out the situation to God. Well, does God already know the situation? Well, yes, he does, but he voices out, my enemies are speaking evil against me, verse 3. My heart is deeply hurt, and I even sense that my life is in jeopardy, verse number 4. I'm afraid. Do you tell God that you're afraid? I don't know what the outcome of this is. I don't know how this is going to turn out. God, I'm trembling inside right now. David told God he, he, uh, that he was afraid, that he was trembling, that he was existing in fear. Uh, I don't know. Uh, are they going to kill me? Are they going to catch me? Is my son going to put me to death? And so he, he says that to God. He processes that out. This is the situation. I'm feeling this, Lord. Verse 7, I want to escape to the wilderness, and I want to escape fast, verse number 8. I want to be gone right now. And he tells, he tells this to the Lord. He processes the situation. But then he processes and declares, voices, uh, his desire. Lord, this is what I want you to do. This is what is on my heart. I wish you would, I wish you, look at verse number, uh, verse number nine, how he says, destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. Now, what's he saying here? The word destroy has the idea to confuse. So he, he wasn't actually praying for the destruction, remember, he did not want his son to be killed. And when his son was killed, by Joah, do you remember, do you remember? He mourned many, many days. So he didn't want his son to be killed. He, he says here, "I want you to confuse their disgust plans. I want you to divide their tongues. I want you to cause internal fighting in the ranks. I want you to confuse them. I want you to cause trouble in their ranks, verse number nine. I want you to go up against them because they're tirelessly devising evil. The wickedness is abounding throughout throughout the streets of Jerusalem. Please confuse them. He continues to voice his hurt. Verse 12 through 15. The person who has betrayed me was my friend. We worshiped together. He expresses that. David was betrayed by a close companion. Uh, he says there in verse two, uh, number uh, 13, he says, but thou, a man, mine equal, mine equal, uh, my guide. I got counsel from him. I thought he was in my corner. I trusted him. Mine acquaintance, and we, we were connected. We were, we were going up to the house of God together, verse number 14. That's, that's a pretty intense betrayal. He sided with his son who wished his death, who had, who had taken the kingdom out from under him. And he, and he, he says, boy, I, I, I'm hurt, God. And he expresses that to God. Now, it's interesting. David prayed in verses 9 through 11. He prayed, God, would you confuse their plans Do you know over in 2 Samuel 17 verse 14 in Absalom and all the men of Israel said the counsel of Hushai the archai is better than the counsel of Ahithophel for the Lord had appointed to defeat the good counsel, the good counsel of Ahithophel to the intent that he might bring evil upon Absalom. Do You know what God did? He confused them. He divided the tongue. He caused internal struggle. And God did what David had requested. So when we're under a burden, we should learn from David and process it before God in prayer. Talk it out. What does the Bible say? Psalm 62 and verse number 8. Trust in the Lord at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. So we process it before the Lord, pouring out our heart before him. So David did not just process the burden. He actually goes on in verse number 15, 16, 17. He goes on to actually proclaim his belief. God, I know that you're still in charge. I know that you're still good. And notice what he says there in verse number 16. As for me, well, this is going on. As for me, I will call upon God. So he says, hey, this man who was my equal, who was my acquaintance, we worshiped together, uh, and we we had good times together. Uh, He's really hurt me, God, but as for me, I will call upon God. I will call upon God. It reminds me of what Paul said at the end of 2 Timothy when he told Timothy, hey, you need to be watching out for these people who have done me hurt but the Lord. And over and over through those last six verses of Timothy, he, he says, this is the problem but the Lord. No man stood with me, but the Lord, but the Lord. And you know what? That's a choice on our part. Because there's times we don't feel like saying, but the Lord. There's times we don't want to say, you know what? That person hurt me, but the Lord will take care of it. I'll leave it in his hands. And here's exactly what David is doing. He's proclaiming his belief. And it's powerful when you and I will stop and out loud proclaim our belief in God. I will I will call upon uh, God, and the Lord shall save me. I believe that he's going to save me. I'm not not in doubt about this. I believe that he's going to save me. Psalm, uh, verse number 17, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud. There it is. I'm processing it still. I'm calling out to him, and he shall hear my voice. So I'm going to give this. I believe he's going to hear me. And he proclaims his belief, he proclaims that he is still believing God. And friends, tonight as we consider in this, this school of prayer, as we continue growing in this, this matter of proclaiming our belief, expressing our belief in God in prayer. God, I do believe. I don't feel it, but I believe. I believe that you will save me, that you will hear my voice as I, as I pray. We've said this quote many times, but prayer is, is a declaration of dependence upon God and here we have David declaring I'm depending on you I believe you I'm not looking to myself I believe you I've been hurt you know the situation God I've expressed it to you but I want you to know I'm gonna call upon you I know you're gonna save me at morning throughout the day I'm going to be praying I'm gonna be crying aloud and I know you're gonna save me I know you're gonna hear me isn't God good Isn't he good? He sure is. You know, this matter of proclaiming our belief, it's not always easy. I was convicted this week as I heard a pastor, acquaintance of of mine, share a personal story. He was going through a a severe trial, great burden, and uh, he said one Saturday night, he he went to his office, and he just laid out on the floor, and he just cried, cried to God. Just cried out to God. He stayed there for a bit of time, just prostrate on the floor. He said he stood up, he walked to his desk chair and sat down. And He told God, he says, I'm not leaving this chair until I hear something from you. He fell asleep in exhaustion, he said. He woke up about 20 minutes later and it felt like it had been all night. And he again just told the Lord, I'm not leaving this chair. And I don't care if it's Sunday morning rolls around and the service starts. I'm not leaving this chair until I hear from you. He had been complaining to God and he expressed that. He says, It's almost as if God impressed upon his heart He says, Son, I'm not going to answer the voice of your doubt, I will only answer the voice of your faith. And I heard him say that, and you know how many times we go to God and we voice a whole lot of doubt, over and over and over again. But what we find here with David is he goes to God, he expresses it, and then turns to God and says, I believe you. I believe you. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. Trust ye in the Lord Jehovah, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. So, relief is accessible, but you know what? Relief is not automatic. Relief is not automatic in our lives. I don't know about you, but I know that God's, I know in my mind that God is the answer to the problem. Right? We know that mentally. We can write that down on a test, a test in our Christianity. We can write that down. But it's another, it's another step to literally, personally experience the relief. And while relief is always accessible in our God, and our Heavenly Father wants to give us relief, wants to carry the burden for us, it is not automatic. Release is commanded here. And look at verse number 22. This, what, I, what I perceive to be a, a pretty well-known verse here in the Bible. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. So release is uh, accessible, but that, that, that release is absolutely commanded on our part. There's a choice I have to make to release my burden to God. I have to give it over to him. That's what he says here. He says, cast it. God is saying, through inspired scripture, I want you to cast your burden. That's a command there. Cast the burden. Why does God have to command us to cast the burden? Because we don't cast burdens. We meditate on them. We muse on them. We hold them, right? Do you know what it is to hold a burden like right here and feel the pressure of it? You know what I'm talking about? You carry it. Some people carry it in their shoulders. You physically can feel that burden weighting you down. A choice to release. To throw it. To dispose of it. To fling it. To hurl it upon God He says cast thy burden the burden you're owning right now the one you have the title to the one you you have your your name and proof of ownership on you can, you have the receipt, this is my burden, that's the burden you're to take and give it to God, to give it over to him. He says this burden, is, it's the lot that we're carrying in life. It might be an extended burden, it might be the, the care or the concern of something. It, it might be something that was assigned to you. Paul had a burden that God said, I'm not going to remove from you, that thorn in the flesh. This was allowed by God, it was assigned to God. Uh, certain handicaps might be assigned to us by God that we carry through life to bring glory to God. It burdens, what causes our heart to stoop, to be deflated. Weight, pressure, stress, anxiety. Sin. Unresolved conflict. Decisions. These are burdens. Uncertainty. Feel uncertain about the, the days ahead? You hear of hunger, food shortages. Feel uncertain? Kind of a weird thing to even imagine as an American. To think of need, legitimate need, coming our way. We're to throw those burdens on the Lord. There's not a burden that God excludes. You can throw every burden but this burden. God doesn't exclude any of the burdens. There's no fine print on this verse. There's nowhere that God says, ah, no, I'm going I'm to chuck that one back. No one has ever had a burden rejected when they threw it on God. God commands it because we internalize these burdens. So he says, cast your burden upon the, the Lord. And by the way, the Lord is Jehovah who has everlasting strength. Isaiah 26 and verse number four. He has the shoulders that carry that burden. And so he says, cast it. But it is a choice on our part to release that burden to God. Yes, relief is accessible, but we have to release it to God. And so sometimes our pride gets in the way and we say, I got this, right? I got this. I can can handle it. I can continue to muse on it. Uh, I will do a better job with this burden than God. You know what it takes? Peter talks about it. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt exalt you in due time. In the very next verse, casting upon him all your care, for he careth for you. You know what convicts me is the times that I carry a burden and won't give it off. It really is indicative of pride in my heart. I got this better than you father. He's the one that promises that if we give the burden to him, if we cast it to him, he will sustain us and he will give us stability. That's pretty good. He's going to prolong the life that we think, the life that David thought was going to come to an end. He was trembling. He'll sustain and he will give stability. And it's amazing the stability in the midst of chaos that God can give when we give him the burden. Lord, this belongs to you. I relinquish my ownership of it. I give it over to you. So when you cast a burden on God, the question is, does the burden disappear? Does the problem, does the issue, does the situation just disappear? As David prayed this before the Lord, did his son just uh, disappear, say, you know what? I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out of the palace and I'm going to call my dad up. I'm going to send a, a, a letter to him via post and we're going to uh, get him back into town. I'm going to say sorry to him. Did the, did the situation disappear? No. Nope. Many times we still have a front row seat to the situation. It's still playing out. I don't know the burden for our country still playing out. You might have a child you're burdened for and you're watching them make decisions. And you sit in the front row of their life and you watch it and you say, I wish you wouldn't do that. And you're tempted to take that burden to yourself rather than throwing it off on God. It's not that you lose concern, but you transfer ownership. Still feel the pressure. Yeah. It's a choice to release it to God. But then notice what happened in the very last verse here. There was a choice on David's part to rest in God. It says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous, those that call on him, those that believe on him, those that are positionally righteous, his followers, the righteous will not be moved. But thou, O God, shall bring them down into the pit of destruction. Here's what David's saying, you know what? I'm casting this burden off to you. I'll obey, this burden's yours. I know that you'll take care of the issue. I know that you will, you will be the one that brings justice in this situation. I know that you will make things right. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. Their consequences will come. I don't have to bring the consequences upon them. Their consequences will come. God will take care of it. And he says that last phrase, but I will trust in thee. I will rest in you. I'm going to, I'm going to allow you to handle it. And so when we rest in God, the problem, the situation, the pressure may not be re, uh, removed But it is reassigned. It's it's not on my shoulders anymore. I've given it over to him. So it's not that God lifts you out of the problem. Frankly, Job was in a situation for quite a long time. And as he trusted in the Lord, it it wasn't that everything got taken care of really quickly. In fact, the consequences of Job's uh, trial that Satan had brought into his life lasted. Uh, it, it, It took nine months for the children to be born. And he had a lot of children that God added back into his life. But that's a long period of time. There's a pain of loss. Job still had a front row seat to all that had happened in his life and all that Satan had brought, and even the division of friends. He had a front row seat to that. And and there's a need to realize the problem might not be removed, but as we release it to God, it's reassigned. It's not mine anymore, it's yours. Talk to you about it. We rest in God's faithful, bountiful care. Psalm 116, verse 7 Return unto thy rest, O my God, O, O my soul. Return unto thy rest, O my soul. Why? For the Lord hath thou bountifully with thee. Lord, you got this. Your past character, I can see it. And if you go back in, on Psalm 116, you can read through there and just realize the psalmist was rejoicing in who God was, in his goodness, and who he was in his character. And he says, on, on the basis of that, soul, just, just rest. God has this. You can rest because he bountifully cares for you. Oh, worship the king, the song goes. Uh, Thy bountiful care, what tongue can recite. It breathes in the air, it shines in the light, it streams from the hills, it descends to the plain and sweetly distills in the dew and the rain. Hey, I can worship the king. Why? Because his bountiful care. It's all over, I see it everywhere. David was resting in his God. And when we rest in God, we change from I got this, Right, We talked about this at the beginning of the year. We changed from I got this to he's got this. And this really goes back to our theme. We're conquerors through Christ. It's not I got this, he's got this. And we have to constantly remind ourselves of this fact. He's got this. He's got this. Lord, you've got it. I rest in you. Come unto me, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest. So we find relief from our burdens, Only after we release our burdens to God. The relief is accessible. The release is commanded. And when we follow what David did, when we follow this God-given illustration, this beautiful, beautiful psalm, we find that relief. But it happened through prayer. David started out through prayer. He says, at morning, noon, and night, I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on trusting in him. There's a song that was written by Pastor Charles on Tindley. He uh, had one of his church members to come to him and really was struggling, uh, often uh, a worrier, and was struggling, was pouring out uh, her heart to him. Pastor Tindley kind of broke into the midst of the the midst of the outflow. He says, my vice to you is to put all your troubles in a sack, take them to the Lord and leave it there. It was that interchange that inspired him to write down, if the world from you withhold of its silver and its gold and you get along with meager fare, just remember in his word how he feeds a little bird, take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If your body suffers pain and your health, you can't regain. And your soul is almost sinking in deep despair. Jesus knows the pain you feel. He can save and he can heal. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. When your enemies assail and your heart begins to fail, don't forget that God in heaven answers prayer. He will make a way for you and will lead you safely through. Take your burden to the Lord. And leave it there. When your youthful days are gone and old age is stealing on and your body bends beneath the weight of care, he will never leave you then. He will go with you to the end. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Cast your burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. And let's just take a moment right now before we gather in prayer and talk to the Lord about your burden. Father, tonight, as we bow before you, don't doubt that everyone here has a burden. Some have already followed the advice of David and they're resting comfortably because they've already given their burden to the Lord. Lord, in this moment, I pray they will praise you for being the God who has broad enough shoulders to take every burden. Lord, for those who yet need to give the burden over to you, I pray that they would start that process right now. Take time in prayer there. Let's do things a little bit differently tonight. I think we'll just continue in the same vein of thought, but I'd like to just divide us up and, uh, and let's find um, a group of two or three, men with men, ladies with ladies, and what I'd like us specifically to do is, if you can share a burden, I'd like us share a burden or share praise how you've ex- experienced the Lord carrying the burden. Um, and if it's a burden you don't feel like you can share, just say, you know what, I, I have an unspoken burden. Um, and, and share it in that way. But let's, by name, pray for each other tonight in this regard. Can we do that tonight? And, uh, and just pray f- for one another in, in that group. So let's, let's do it that way. And before we do, um, Brother Chris, if you just stand and share with the group uh, where you, you and your wife are going and uh, maybe a way that we can pray for you. Chris and I um, were in college together, and uh, did we graduate the same year? You were, uh, Laura and I were in college together. We're in the same class. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. okay. You stretched it, you squeezed it into five. Good times. Uh, His older brother, Sam, uh, if you remember Terry Rushing from Wings as Eagles, his older brother is connected with that that ministry. So, all right, let's do that. Let's uh, divide down into uh, groups of th- uh, two or three, and let's keep it that way, two or three, um, men uh, with men, ladies with ladies, and then share a, share a burden if you can. Uh, if you feel like you shouldn't share the specifics, just say it's unspoken, but let's all share together tonight, okay?